Hello, women of God. This is Erica. And Nurselli. And we want to welcome you to the Upstream Pursuit Podcast, the leadership podcast for Christian women going against the current. Welcome back, Pursuers. We hope you're having a wonderful week. How are you, Erica? I'm doing good. How are you? I am doing awesome, and I'm really excited for today's episode because last year we took some time to give a shout out to Joseph and talk about the ways that he went upstream in the Christmas story. But today we want to shout out to Elizabeth. Yes, we are going to find the story of Elizabeth and her husband Zechariah in Luke chapter one. And so pursuers, what we wanted to do today was just talk about some of the people who are part of the Christmas story besides Jesus and Mary and uh, Joseph. We Like I said, we did Joseph last time, but today we wanted to just talk about some other folks in their lives that are part of the Christmas story. So what we're going to do is something a little bit different. We're going to first read the story and then we're going to talk about who she is, how is she relevant to the Christmas story, and then third, we're going to talk about how she went upstream. Are you ready, Erica? I'm ready. I got my Bible. Now, this story is a little bit lengthy, and so I am going to do my best to read it quickly. I may skip a few verses here and there just for the sake of time, but you can read the account in Luke chapter one, and I'm going to start with verse number five, which is on the birth of John the Baptist foretold. And it says this, in the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah. Remember the word priest of the division of Abijah. And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron. Remember Aaron, the priest, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and both were advanced in years. Now, while he was serving as priest before God, when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. Can I just point out, does that say that basically at his old age, he was still serving in the temple of the Lord? Is that what you're reading? Yes. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm, Hashtag service. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you shall call his name John and you will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth for he will be great before the Lord and he must not drink wine or strong drink and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb and he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God and he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared and Zechariah said to the angel how shall I know this for I am an old man and my wife is advancing years and the angel answered him I am Gabriel and I stand in the presence of God and I was sent to speak to you and to 
bring you this good news. We're going to skip to verse 24 and it says after these days his wife elizabeth conceived and for five months she kept herself hidden saying thus the lord has done for me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among the people what a beautiful story (sighs) good stuff Okay, so let's talk about Elizabeth a little bit. Um, Let's give some background of who is Elizabeth. So Elizabeth is married to Zechariah, a priest. So she was also a cousin of Mary, the mother of Jesus. And the New Testament actually describes Elizabeth and her husband as righteous and blameless people who observed all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. That was Luke chapter 1 verse 6 that Narcelli read. I was actually reading up a little bit more, Narcelli, because you were like, wait, hold on he was a priest like even at old age on my little footnotes in my bible which i love this bible because of that it said hold on let me go back y'all this is live bible study right there <laughs> right. <laughs> right here with erica and her <laughs> i'm like flopping over my book um it says that uh the large number of priests serving the one temple meant that a priest's opportunities for taking part in the ritual were few he might not offer incense more than once in his life. Some priests never had the privilege at all. This was the high point in Zechariah's career. He would go into the holy place with the other priests, but they would withdraw, leaving him alone to perform the offering, which I didn't know about. Like, So this was a big deal for Zechariah. That's so good. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Elizabeth was super proud of her husband at that time, too. Um, Okay. Wait a second. I'm sorry. Before you continue, I know that I was just saying, like, wait, was he serving? But remember part of our service episode, we also talk about when we're serving faithfully, how we are also privy to the miracles Mm. as you as i was reading that's what was highlighted i was like when you're in the house of god serving like this is the kind of stuff that happens you know yeah yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah that's good okay what else do we know so we know that all the men in her family were priests because she was from the tribe of the levites and they were the priesthood among the israelites so these men didn't usually marry women outside of their tribe so she came from lineage of priests which was really interesting yeah obviously from what you read elizabeth was described as barren unable to have children also she said to be of course an older woman let's just call her a seasoned woman i don't like the word old what she had extra season <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, she was obviously so seasoned that being able to have children was obviously an impossibility. Yeah. And I know that age was also a little bit different back in biblical days, but clearly, you know, it was still marked as a time beyond when most women would be able to have children, like you said. What else do we know? Elizabeth was going to give birth to John, which we all know became hugely instrumental in so many different ways. And she had the privilege of bearing him as a son. That's good. And so why is she relevant to the Christmas story? So there's a a few things that I want to mention. So as you continue in Luke chapter 1 and you go to verses 26 through 38, you're going to now see that Gabriel is showing up to Mary now. And she has a similar encounter as Zechariah did, right? So he tells her that she is going to conceive a child and bear a son and that she shall call him jesus and same thing he says he will be great and will be called the son of the most high and the lord's going to give him the throne of his father david one of the reasons why this is relevant to elizabeth 
is because he tells her that the Holy Spirit's going to come upon her, that the power of the Most High will overshadow her, and therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And he also tells her that her relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who has been called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary says... All right, then let it be according to your word. And so then Mary goes to visit Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, this is in verses 41, the baby inside her leaps (laughs) in her womb. And it's so beautiful because it's amazing to me that her baby recognizes What's happening here? It says Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and she exclaimed with a loud cry, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? And so why is this relevant to the Christmas story? Obviously, now we have two pregnant women. Mary is about to give um, birth soon to the son of God. And so I have a couple of thoughts that I wanted to share with you about this very specific thing. So number one is the concept of hope. I mean, the whole premise of the Christmas story is all about the hope. And you see, for us, we're seeing this story from the perspective of the outcome. But we're not seeing this story from the perspective of a people who have been waiting to hear from God. And one of the things that I was reading is that at this point, God has been silent for about 400 years. So um, the last word that God had given his people was actually in Malachi, where he says, behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes, and he will turn the hearts of the father to their children and the hearts of their children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. And remember, what did Gabriel tell Elizabeth? He said, you will bear a son that will have the spirit and power of Elijah. That's what he says. So up until this point, again, they have been um, waiting to hear from God. God has been silent. He has been quiet, but he had not forgotten them. And what's really cool about this is that God, when he comes, he is not just sharing something that is going to be of national importance, of worldly importance, right? The word that he's giving to both of these women, he is also doing something very intimate in the life of Elizabeth and Zechariah, which is to give them the son that they have always wanted. And so, again, it is a story of hope. I was um, leading the song at church. We were singing Waymaker, Miracle Worker, you're a promise keeper, you're the Mm. light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. The bridge, it says, even when I don't see you, you're working. Even when I don't feel you, you're working. And I was so moved as I was singing this song because I was thinking of Elizabeth. And then I was Mm -hmm. also thinking of the desires that I have in my own heart that I want to see come to pass and the hope that I feel, the hope that Elizabeth feels as she's finally, they're finally hearing this word. And this is not just transformational for their lives, but this is about to change the world and the world around them. And so 
that is one reason why this is so connected to the story. But then there's another really important piece here. And it's the part in verse uh, verse 37 when uh, Gabriel tells, is it? Yeah, Gabriel tells Mary that Elizabeth in her old age has conceived. And then he says, for nothing will be impossible with God. And one of the reasons why I think that this is so relevant to just the Christmas story is because Elizabeth's pregnancy affirms the possibility of the miraculous. (laughs) Anything is possible with God. And so remember, the only reason why Mary know, as far as we can see from scripture, that Elizabeth is pregnant is because an angel of the Lord came and told her that yeah let's just think about this for a second we've talked about this where we hear the voice of god and we think it's him but we're not 100 percent sure and then we start rationalizing stuff Mm -hmm. well let's just assume that mary in her humanness does the same thing but now she's seeing uh, elizabeth and she is seeing the prophetic word that was given through that uh, angel in elizabeth which then affirms that what was possible for Elizabeth is now also possible for her, that she can carry the Son of God. And so it's just uh, absolutely amazing to see how that's played out in both of these women and how God is using something very personal to ultimately bring about hope. And also, remember, the birth of Jesus has been prophesied for years. And this is now the moment where the people of God get to actually see this prophecy come to fruition. Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. God is so good. Okay, so we're taking that. That's how it is relevant to the Christmas story. Now, how did Elizabeth go upstream? There's a couple of things that I saw in the story. So one of them is that, you know, when you have some really big news and you want to share it and then somebody might come in and then share their big news first. And you're like, ah, come on. Like I had good news too. Like I had, but like now it's not going to be as big. Cause like they also had news, those situations. I feel like that's similar to what could have gone down between Elizabeth and Mary. Elizabeth had some really big news about how God had done a miraculous work in her and Zechariah's life. And here Mary comes and she's got a baby too, which is also miraculous, but she didn't. She avoided this comparison or this kind of feud that could have happened because, you know, both of them were graciously favored by God and they were both given this blessing of being able to be a mother to a child. And instead of Elizabeth being very jealous over, you know, Mary's own news of being pregnant with the son of God, I feel like she just trumped, (laughs) trumped her card with John. But instead, Elizabeth rejoiced for her cousin and understood that that was part of God's plan. So I felt like that was pretty cool and that she went upstream. Another thing I felt like was upstream for her was just that she understood her purpose. She understood the reasons why she was there. And I think that's partly because she was filled with the Holy Spirit. I mean, scripture said it, you read it, Narcelli, that the Holy Spirit filled her. And so going upstream of kind of knowing this purpose, having the spirit that dwelled in her and that knew what she was there to do and kind of lived out that and kind of mentored Mary and was there for Mary in a lot of ways that maybe some other, some women might not be. Again, taking it back to 
the upstream part. Being in a situation like this could have caused Elizabeth to do a lot of different things. But one of the things that she did in going upstream was just understanding what that purpose was. She said in Luke 142 through 45, blessed are you among women and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored so that a mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promise to her. So she's here even encouraging Mary and loving on Mary during this time where She's pregnant. She's probably tired. She had this great news. Mary comes in, has this other great news, but yet she's still encouraging her friend during this time, which is awesome. And just the beauty of this scenario, you have a teenager yeah, and a woman wise in her years. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know why this moves me so much Mm -hmm. because it's just such a beautiful picture of God's perfection and like you said it just boggles me both of them got the same message uh well the angel of the Lord spoke to her husband but both of them got essentially the same message that their children would be great yeah and yet Elizabeth still in her wisdom she recognizes that the child in Mary is a different type of great. And like you said, she stays humble. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Not only wisdom, but the humility that she brings to this situation. Like what I said, Luke 1 to 43, but why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Like that humility there is insane. You know, just that response to Mary's presence shows that Elizabeth felt like a a great privilege and honor for this young child to be there with her in her pregnancy with Jesus. Yeah, that's so good. And I want to shout out Elizabeth because in verse number six, it says that they were both righteous before God. They meaning Elizabeth and Zacharias walking blameless in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. And And then it says, but they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and both were advanced in years. And so I want to point out that this is a woman who in their cultural context, people thought that when a woman was barren, it was a consequence of sin. So there was so much shame that came with this. But she stayed blameless and righteous uh, with the Lord and trusted him and was committed to the things of God. And these were people who obviously no one is more righteous than Jesus. But the point that the scriptures make here is is noteworthy and is that they were considered righteous. They were considered obedient and they loved the law. They followed the commands. They obeyed yeah. the commands and the requirements yeah. of the law. And so their commitment was not just action. It was their hearts, their love for the Lord, their obedience flowed. And I mean, it's no coincidence to me that their child is going to be set apart because these were Levites, right? Like these were priests. Priests. They were um, separated for that. And so it's just beautiful seeing the lineage. But the reason why I think this is upstream is because, again, We see a group of people, remember, we're all human, right? So we have a propensity to sin, yet Elizabeth and her spouse 
choose to walk blamelessly before the Lord. Yeah. yeah. And so much so that the scriptures even say they walk that way. Yeah. I want to be Elizabeth when I get older. Season, double season. Facts. When I get double seasoned, I want to be like Elizabeth. Shout out Facts. to Elizabeth. You are not forgotten in the Bible story. There is so much to you that we can learn and grow from in being humble, being committed to God, being faithful in his work that he does in us and to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And um, she was a good mom. I mean, she raised John the Baptist. I know. And I'm sure that was an easy task. I don't know that I've seen this in scripture, but I wonder how much time she had with him, right? Because yeah. again, they were advanced in years. But yeah, what a blessing to be able to carry... Um, John the Baptist. And I want to say, you know, looking at this story, it's kind of hard for us to put ourselves in the midst of what they were facing. Because again, they had been hearing about this prophecy for so many years and for so many generations. And so now here they are, and it's about to come true. And I was thinking that we as Christians, believe it or not, are in a similar situation and that we continuously hear a prophetic story of a savior who was born who lived who walked the earth who died who raised again there is a promise that he's gonna come back yeah and so in the same way that elizabeth and mary were waiting with hopeful expectation for the coming of the messiah Mm. we are also now waiting for the second coming of our messiah Mm. and for that moment in which we get to be reunited with him and so my challenge to all of us my prayer my my uh, thought that i want to leave us with is that when that day comes Will we be found blameless and righteous? And the word says that we will if we are in Christ because he is coming for his bride. And so we hope that you've learned something about Elizabeth. I have seen Elizabeth today in a way that I just never seen her before. And I am so excited for the word of God and the lessons that we get to reap from it, but also the beautiful testimonies that we just see throughout scripture about ordinary people who God chooses to do incredible things. Yeah. Shout out to Elizabeth. Pursuers, we hope you learned something new today. Please like and subscribe to our podcast to continue getting this content out to others and letting others know how awesome Elizabeth is. As always, we hope you have a wonderful week and let's stand for truth, Pursuers.